1: Yes, sir. We are right back at it. It's all eyes on Cleveland, the podcast. I'm your host, Brad Ward, with very special guest tonight from 92.3 The Fan, one Jonathan Peterlin. Uh, It's his second appearance on the show. I am jacked to go ahead and let you hear this interview. Jonathan is a fantastic fellow full of knowledge and intrigue always good to get into the ins and outs with him uh, as we talk about a wide variety of topics on today's show um, surrounding the NFL as many have cast doubt on the NFL season and I can't take it I gotta have it this year it's gotta happen for me so we're gonna talk about that Um, And then after uh, Jonathan's interview, I've got some more topics to hit on, get you out of here quickly, but uh, we will touch on um, the press conference from uh, the Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski today, Roger Goodell uh, had a Zoom conference call and came out with some nice words of encouragement for all of us football fans afterwards, uh, in a quick, quick little glance around the AFC North at what potentially is going on there, Uh, this is All Eyes on Cleveland, you start getting excited. Thank you, Mikey, on the ones and twos, doing a fabulous job, as always. Salute to you, sir, behind the glass. Uh, we are all eyes on Cleveland. Uh, you can catch us where all popular podcasts are found, including iTunes, Speaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, and Google Play. will be published tomorrow morning. On a sucker-free Friday at USA Today Sports Media Group's TheBrownsWire.com, where I write, um, put out an article this week uh, about the scheduling if the NFL were to move the season back a month. According to Dustin Fox and Albert Breer, they would lop the first four games of that schedule off and put them on at the end, which kind of breaks up the, the Browns' toughest three game stretch there, uh, which includes, um, let's see here, that I believe it includes Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and uh, the Cowboys. Um, and uh, by doing that, they would cut that off. Uh, They wouldn't have to play those three tough opponents in a row, which is kind of nice. Um, I also think it would give some more time for uh, our coach and our team to get out on the field um, and discuss what's uh, going on out there, some more time for some installs. Uh, more time in camp. So, camp is supposed to kick off here, and uh, today's the 25th of June. Uh, camp is supposed to, players, well, rookies and quarterbacks would report a month from now uh, on the 24th of July, uh, and then the uh, rest of the teams can report for a training camp on the... 28th now there's you know a lot is going on there's some hot spots around the country with COVID-19 and there's been some comments from people who seem a bit discouraged about the NFL season oh, uh, man. this is something that I can't stand for it's a uh, 15 million dollar business I don't believe these owners will be um knocked off their path and in making sure that this season gets done. Do I think that they will uh, potentially push it back to be able to study the other leagues a little bit better? Because we're going to have basketball. It's going to get done. Uh, baseball is going to play 60 games. Um, there's varying thoughts on how that will go. But if they get done, the Premier League is playing, MMA is going to add fans soon. Uh, Supposedly, the NFL only has to, each team individually can decide based on its state standing with the pandemic, how many people they can let in the stadium, which is... Surprising news with all that's going on. So, I mean, could we have fans in the stands? Could we have a quarter, 25% of the uh, first energy filled? I don't know. Uh, I know that they're going to tarp off the lower levels and use that for ad space to help recoup some of the money there uh, on the TV ad ad side of things. Uh, so that those uh, ads get seen obviously during the broadcast. Uh, that's the plan. So I am saying full steam ahead, you know, just just go, just go with it and and they will, you know, adjust as need be along the way. And uh, but that's you know, this is something that's part of life right now. And I feel like uh, the NFL players aren't – how do I want to say this? Aren't scared of it as much. They're the, probably the most healthy human beings out there. That's a little irresponsible to say, but, uh, you know, Chris Sims says he believes 99.5% of NFL players are not worried about COVID-19. Um Supposedly the first three weeks of training camp is going to be helmet free, which is good. You know, that's a good idea, right? You can get out there and get some stuff done before uh, all the necessary contact begins. But you've got guys like John Harbaugh and McVeigh coming forward saying, Hey, these protocols in the building versus what's going to happen on the field when There's a a pile up or guys are sweating and bleeding and coughing and hacking and spitting on each other. It doesn't match up. You know, We follow these protocols in here, but we're going to go out there, and that's all going to fly out the window. I get their point, but at the same time, do you want to play football or not? So hushy, right? Shut it down. Sim it down now. And then, and then you got, you know, Harbaugh came back and it's in my article that you can find at brownswire.com uh, where you also can see what the schedule would look like if they did move it back to October uh, unofficially, but that's what the word is um, with the four games. Weeks one through four moved to the back end of the schedule, which changes the the perspective on the schedule somewhat as you'll hear in our interview here. Uh, so you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm Brad Ward. You can go check out alleyesoncleveland.com. Uh, on this show we interview the top personalities, uh, the most intriguing figures in the Cleveland sports landscape and we talk about Browns football, the pressing issues that uh, face your favorite teams in the city. Um, so yeah, that that's what we're doing. That's what we're we're kicking down here. Hope that hopefully that uh, all the t-shirt winners got their. Uh, they will be getting their t-shirts. They're ordered. They're mailed. Uh, they should be arriving. Uh, I know that uh, the delivery times are delayed somewhat. Uh, they have to print them and send them out. Feel free to go to uh, the T Public link on my uh, Twitter page or the all at All Eyes on Klee Twitter handle and uh, check out those T-shirts. They're pretty slick. You can get them ordered and get them sent out to you and be repping reppin the pod, repping your favorite podcast, repping the city uh, as well. So you can certainly do that. Uh, and that's greatly appreciated, as I put out, as some people have uh, gone and bought some shirts and some sweatshirts and uh, a pillow and a tapestry and so all kinds of stuff there. Uh, they have all kinds of apparel uh, over there at Tee Public with All Eyes on Cleveland on it. And there's some different variations of the logo, uh, so you can pick which one you like the best, so we're here to serve the people that's what we do uh so uh all eyes on cleveland i'm brad ward special guest tonight from 92.3 the fan has been filling in for chico at night he's been filling in on the afternoon drive show uh for uh dustin fox for bull he's he's on the radio nonstop all the time He's uh, Jonathan Peterland, he's one of my favorites, very intellectual thinker, breaks this stuff down, funny guy, and gets it. Um, His second trip through here on the show, uh, before the season, I'm glad we got a chance to pick his brain on some of these hot topics, I hope you enjoy that interview, we'll come back, we'll knock out about 15 minutes of some things that I want to hit on uh, that I already haven't. Uh, and, uh, then we'll get you out of here and it'll be another fantastic, uh, episode of the show that you can, uh, listen to tonight, Thursday night, as it'll be released to all of your podcast platforms there. And then as I mentioned before, it'll be released at USA Today Sports Media Groups, thebrownswire.com tomorrow morning on a sucker free Friday. Hope everybody's doing really well out there. Staying safe and still uh having a good time living living your life uh as every day more and more it seems like this is the new normal and something that we're gonna have to live with here for a bit so uh you know uh stay safe but but live your life and and uh and do what you gotta do so uh and uh we fully support all of that there. Uh, here at All Eyes on Cleveland. Mikey on the ones and twos. Going to get this interview up. Thanks again to Jonathan Peterland for taking the time to interview with me again. And without any further ado, here he is. Uh, tremendous talent over at 92.3 uh, FM. The fan. Uh, home of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, on your radio dial. Jonathan Peterlin, and myself. Enjoy. And we welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland, a very special guest, Uh, his second appearance on the show, uh, one of my favorites uh, to listen to and uh, favorite interviews, Jonathan Peterlin of 92.3, the fan, very busy man these days, I've been hearing him uh, on the air uh, quite frequently, Jonathan, Uh, you you seem uh, to be uh, uh, very
2: busy. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I'm any busier than I typically am. I just feel like, uh, I don't know, maybe more people are paying attention at this point, but, but that's even, even that might be a why. I don't know. Uh, it, it feels like uh, the amount of people that are listening relative to when sports are in your full blossom. Uh, it, you know, everyone, I, I see friends, I see family. They're like, well, what are you guys even talking about? A good yeah. sports radio show. We, you know, you got things covered. You, you'll you have things to talk about, even in a moment, uh, like this where it feels like nothing's happening. We've been able to at least be kept busy.
1: Yeah, it's strange. You know, uh, we're kind of forced into elements that we don't really, uh, aren't experts on and, uh, things like that. And, and, and that gets a little crazy sometimes. I know I feel uncomfortable talking uh, about, you know, COVID-19 a lot, but, uh, you know, I feel like this point, you know, you kind of have to have an opinion on that. Um let, let's dive right into that here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's start with this. So the Travelers Championship, uh, you know, uh, Kent State grad went low today, shot a 60, by the way. Which is <laughs> uh, and, uh, but they, uh, five to six positive tests. I don't know the exact number, uh, but you know, some guys, uh, had to pull out, uh, with the positive COVID-19 test. And I, and I saw, you know, a lot of people like, well, you know, are they going to cancel it? And this, and, and this is when I start to get, you know, I'm at a point where I, this is how I feel, Jonathan. And, you know, I'm pounding my fist on the table saying, at this point, you're just going to have to live with this. And this is, this become, you know, not that it's, it's regular or to demean the seriousness of it, but at some point we have to, uh, surge forward here, I think. And uh, so when five or six guys test positive, no, you don't cancel it. You get, pull them out, you know, quarantine them, do what you got to do, but you play the tournament. I mean, I'm worried and I'm scared about the NFL, Jonathan. I, I really am. Uh, yeah.
2: Fauci, well, and, and, and that's yeah. what makes it so interesting, Brad, is that if you bring like, like a sport like golf, like I'm going golfing this weekend. But yes. uh, it, it's, it's on our safe list of things. And then it people, is. They, they get it, and it's, uh, I understand the seriousness of this, and they remove themselves for a couple of weeks, and then they'll be able to come right on back, and, and the world keeps turning. But with football, it just doesn't work that way. Like I, Brad, I know you love the game. Like I love the game. How do you possibly go through and try to figure out how a football season operates? Like I, like I saw a couple of interesting ideas. I know Mike dot ProFootballTalk.com had the yeah. idea of no no huddles and you just put headsets into everyone's uh helmets and it's like, well that's a great idea. Sure. So that takes care of one issue. How about when we have a fumble and ten people go for the ball? How do we fix that? You know, and it just it just seems like there's so many opportunities then for a contact sport like football to end up in trouble.
1: Yeah, so that that's where I was gonna kind of that's where I'm at with this, right? So here's what I think. Okay. And you tell me what you, I, I want, I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. I think the NFL will play. Um, I wrote an article this week about what the schedule will look like in October um, because they've kind of leaked that they would take the first four games and them at the end. You know what I mean? So how that changes mm-hmm. the Browns schedule, which is kind of nice because it breaks up that tough little three game stretch there with the uh, uh, the Steelers and the, Indianapolis and Dallas and all that. So that, that would be kind of nice, actually, uh, for the schedule. But either oh, way. Really? Wait, hold
2: on, hold on. I have a schedule thought, if you'll allow me this. So I actually don't love the idea of moving. You said the first four to the back, right?
1: You move, you move the first four to the back of the schedule is what uh, Fox, uh, Dustin said, and then Albert Rear confirmed that that's yeah. what he had heard as well.
2: Yeah, so what I hate about that, though, is that uh, for a couple of different reasons. I want the Browns to be hitting the Bengals in Week Two. Big primetime game. Joey Burrow under the lights hasn't experienced that at all. Like I want his first experience in primetime football. I want the Browns to have that because that's totally going be, to that's, that's be a feast that. game, right? And yep. then if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, you might have to correct me. I don't have the schedule in front of me. Um, I know we do Re- Ravens Week One, uh, Bengals Week Two. Are the Cowboys Week Three or Week Four? Four, uh, Washington three, four. okay three. I think All right, three. so in Washington, Washington, we can play at any given point. Who cares? That's, fine. that's a layup in my eyes. Yeah. And I'm not going to be freezing cold takes on that one a few months from now. I feel pretty confident that's a layup. But yeah. the Cowboys are another one. I want to face them as early as possible because I don't want to see Mike McCarthy after 10 weeks. Because here's the one advantage that – the and the Browns are behind the eight ball in this too. You can make the same argument from a Cowboys standpoint. Uh, if you were trying to argue this game as well, in that it, you want to play the head coaches that don't have as much experience with their teams, right? And I'm not, I don't even think Mike McCarthy's a good, a good head coach. Like I think there was more Aaron Rodgers than it was Mike McCarthy. But I right. don't want to see what happens with Mike McCarthy after 10 weeks as opposed to what happens after week four when he's got limited time. So like there's I've two instances there where I believe the Browns would be more benefit, uh, benefited by actually playing the team's – in the first four weeks as opposed to moving to the back four weeks. If I, if I had a rooting interest.
1: Yes. So I, I, get that. Totally makes sense. You want to play Burrow early, right? Before he gets his feet wet. Um, I like the primetime game Thursday night, right? Yeah, I love that. I totally agree with you there. I like the idea of playing Dallas early. This three game stretch here though. So, so when you start with Baltimore, so Cincinnati, Washington, the first six games, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Washington, Dallas, Indy, Pittsburgh. So that Dallas, Indy, Pittsburgh is the worst three game stretch of the schedule in my opinion. Uh, at Dallas, Indy at home, 425 at Pittsburgh. Which,
2: what a blessing that is considering you're gonna have two of those three, uh, two of those three games I believe you're going to have a quarterback outside of the top 10. You're going to have 37-year-old washed-up big Ben in my eyes coming off an elbow injury, and then but, you're going to have Philip Rivers who's already signed on to be a high school coach next year. Like, right. like it, that's the toughest stretch we have. That's a good stretch.
1: I agree. I agree. But it, I mean, I I can't find any other three games that are, that are, you know,
2: oh no, uh, I'm I'm with you. I cuz I went through the I I made the comments. Uh, when we did the schedule game, because I like schedule games, I told, I, I, I was like, yeah, you, you know, there's no murderer's row. Like you saw yeah. last year, there was, there was a murderer's row there where it was, you know, you had the Patriots and you had all these good teams all right lined up. There's no murderer's row this year. You can find stretches where there were, yeah, there was postseason teams last year, but there's nobody that truly scares me in three straight weeks, let's say.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you, except for this three weeks worries me a little bit. Uh, especially because you have to go to at Dallas. Indy, uh, I think they're an all-around good team. Phillip Rivers, I agree. Uh, you know, hurt his team more than helped him last year, so how they think he's going to help the Colts more than hurt him, I don't know. But we'll see. Uh, Frank Brooks, you know, good coach. We'll see what they have with this team up. And then, of course, at Pittsburgh, and we who knows what we're going to get from Big Ben. But those three weeks are key for me. So if you go at Baltimore week one, just say in the best case scenario, you start out two and one and you lose the week one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're staring being below 500 after six weeks. And my fear, Jonathan, is here we go again. You know, that here we go again feeling in the locker room uh, if they were to drop, you know, three in a row there. Um, so that's what I fear is that after six weeks, if you come out of that, you know, under 500, um, you know, two and four or something like that, that they go in the tank or you you get that same old feeling, it's easy to fall into that trap. Here we go with Browns again, right? You know, um, and I, I I would like to avoid that. So that's kind of why I like the idea of pushing back. Plus, I like the idea of more time in training camp. Um, certainly, with Stefanski.
2: But again, but if we're worried about whether or not you're you're going to be 500 or not, uh, if you if you play the first four like we talked about, I think that's a win against Cincinnati unless Joe Burrow comes out just gangbusters in week two on a primetime game, which is would just be. Uh, basically unheard of uh, for a rookie quarterback. Unless, he, unless he's RG3 his rookie year where uh, he has all the hype and then is able to match it right away. And RG3 obviously made out of glass, so it didn't materialize long term. But that first year he was very good. Then I, I think you got a win there, and I think you got a win against Washington. I think you lose against Baltimore. And then Dallas is more of a coin flip than it isn't. So I think you're, you're at a minimum, in my eyes, you're 500 through the first four weeks. So I, like, I want to see that. I want to see them play those teams because I feel like that is – you're right. It's important that they start off good, and it's important that they at least are – heads above water, if you will, throughout the first little stretch. So I would rather see them play those four weeks than see them go through more training camp or more whatever. But ultimately, Brad, it's all – this is a wish and a prayer, right? Like, like we're all – it's all speculative because – the dangerous part about Corona is that it's got a mind of its own and we don't get to tell it what to do. Eh? It gets to tell us what to do. And so I like, and I, this is the part of sports radio right now that I just completely, uh, I, I wish I could just bury my head in the sand and ignore <laughs> Is that. There's so many people that just want to, they, we want to go through these scenarios and right. this, and sports radio lives in hypotheticals. So it's like, it's like the, the, baked into the fabric of what I do but this is a hypothetical where I'm like, it's just a lot of exhaustive talking for what? Because ultimately, Corona, is the go- it's going to be the one that reigns supreme. Like, like, if I lived by the theory for my entire life that the NFL is king and the NFL runs anything and literally nothing can get in the way of the NFL, the theory has been debunked. It, like, it doesn't reign supreme here. Corona does. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Goodell does and how he approaches this but ultimately it changes so much and it changes by month to month if we're talking about games 2 months from now it's just going to look way different than what we think it is right now
1: it is uh and we don't know what that's going to look like good or bad and you're right uh i just i just think uh, there you know 15 million dollar business these owners the doctors i i think there's got to be a way that they can get it done and i know that you know I know there's a lot of things that you could throw at me like, what about this? What about that? What about this? But ultimately, at some point, we have to live with this thing. Like, sure. Yeah, you don't don't want to get positive tests. Yeah, you don't want to get guys that test positive, and you may even get a whole defensive backroom that tests positive, but the show must go on. You know, I mean, you, you bring in. You bring in some other guys and and they have to fill in for a week I mean this is gonna be a, you treat it like an injury, they have to go into quarantine. I know it, but like at some point you gotta do it ultimately, I think that if they could get enough, and I'm not a scientist, and I didn't stay in a holiday in express or anything like that so, <laughs> uh but i you know I just think if they could get enough testing rapid response testing where they could do the rapid response testing, where you're making sure that when guys go on the field that they are um, not infected, then I think you can get away with it.
2: Yeah, I, I guess I was just wondering, uh, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Bull the other day about this. It was like, what happens if you show up on a Sunday morning and all of a sudden you have 20 guys that have it? Like, like My first thought was, oh, those poor Vegas gamblers. Like, the people that are betting on these games, because it's just going to completely – you're going to go from – like, let's say if it's Bengals-Browns, you're going to go from uh, Browns being 10-point favorites, let's say, 7-point favorites, to 20 guys being out, and all of a sudden it's like, I think the Bengals are a better team now. Like, they should be a better team now. But all these people holding their their Browns minus 7 tickets in their hand, they're going to be like, well, what do we do? Like, do do we know and void these? Do we – like, at what number – of uh, COVID positive test for a team, does it negate the betting ticket? I don't know. But there's just so many things that are entrenched in here in this conversation, and it's just I don't know. You're right though. Like what is that number? That's why I thought about golf the same way you thought about golf. You know, yeah. five five guys, and they're like, well, we got to continue this tour. Like let's keep going. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like at some point, you do have to say, let's keep going. But I would be, I know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in Goodell's office to try to figure out. What that number in his head is right now? Is it five guys on one team, and all of a sudden you cancel the game? Is it ten? Is it fifteen? Is it twenty? Like, what is that number? And the idea that I initially talked about with like twenty-five guys all coming up on Sunday clearly is not baked in reality. Like, you're you're probably not going to find a scenario like that. But right. if you're the NFL, you you have to account for all of these scenarios. That's part of what
1: certainly, certainly. Uh, if I, you know, gun to head right now, if I, if I had to ask you, what do you think they play?
2: I think they play, I think I like the same situation as baseball in my eyes, where I like one, I think the NBA, by the way, is going to play the whole thing. I think the NBA has got the right idea. I love what they do. I love yeah. what they're doing with this bubble. Uh, it's really tough to pull off, but to me, it sounds like the safest of all of them. But I think baseball is going to start. And I think baseball at some point will likely get shut down because they're having their players interact with, like, Uber drivers and stuff. Like, like they are not going to the nth degree to make sure that we have safety across the board. I just I – don't, I don't see that one ending particularly well. I really don't. Football is too up in the air for me right now. But if you had to say gun to the head, I would think we would get training camp underway. I could even see a scenario where we get the season started. But to, to live in, in a world where we just play week in, week out, and nothing interrupts it, and we go all, march our happy selves all the way to the Super Bowl. And I just, that seems like a fantasy to me right now. I, I don't, I don't see it going down that way. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't yeah. see it going down that way.
1: Yeah. Um, interesting, interesting stuff. I think, uh, the benefit of baseball and and I don't, once again, don't know, don't claim to know more than the average man about this disease. And I don't think anybody does because. We're, we're learning new things every day, right? So who knows what we're going to know in a month. We may, you know, things may be completely different. We may be looking at this completely different, but I mean, they are playing Lazzie rules football. They are playing soccer. Uh, and there doesn't seem to be any hold up there. Uh, now they certainly had a different approach than us, right? Um, but at the same time, I, I think being outside helps, uh, for baseball. Um, and I think being outside for football helps. Uh, even, or even in an open, more open space in a dome, um, than like a basketball. I think basketball will get done for sure. I agree with you on that.
2: Yeah, I just think basketball's got the right idea. Like, they have it down to who gets to play things together as far as rules. You know, like, I, like, I bet LeBron goes around. I heard Winhurst say that he wants LeBron to go around in like a Pope mobile and have him stuff covered. And it's like, that's perfect. Like, it's a hundred percent. It's true. Uh, they seem to be, and what they have less people to deal with. Let's be honest about that as well. They have less people to deal with. So they're going to have, you know, if you have 15 people or so for each team, I think it's like 30 overall or 40 overall represented right. it's a lot less people than the, you know, than what baseball is dealing with and what football is dealing with where you get the numbers and it just, it, it explodes. So I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very tough to say though. I, I, I'm very curious. I love that this is, you know, podcasted because I, I do all these radio shows, right? And they're radio.com, but if I don't go save them, they can go back to like two months at the station and actually look back on them, but uh, about a month to go back and look at them. But if I don't save them, I got no idea what I said. So I like that this is podcasted because I can go back six months from now and I can look and see how just, just ridiculously wrong or right I am in one direction or another. But my thoughts. <laughs> My thoughts, Brad, on March 12th are way different than my thoughts now. And my thoughts on April 12th were way different than they are right now. And even May 12th are way – like, the idea on April 12th of me going out and, like, eating on a patio, I, I would have been – I would have looked at, uh, at me in disgust. And now I go out and eat on patios because they're safe and they're fine and we can do that. So uh, we're learning so much about this, and we're learning so much about this disease. You has got to take it one step at a time, I
1: guess. I, I – yeah. You, you said it. You know, um they're just gonna have to take the information they can get as they get it and and uh put the best protocols they can in place and and at some point I think you just gotta try to surge forward and uh you know, certainly they have the um, the motive to do so, uh money. And uh so with, let's hope that it plays and I man, I, I don't know what I would do if they if they have to cancel the NFL, Jonathan, man. I mean
2: <laughs> so that, that would be It would be devastating hey, for me. It, it certainly would be devastating. Let me ask you this. Do you do you tailgate at all ever or no?
1: No, I don't. I, I mean, I used to in my younger days, but, uh, you know, tailgating is more of a uh, single man's, uh, you know, partaking. I guess I, I do not anymore, no.
2: Okay, because I think I might ask people tomorrow. I'm not sure yet, uh, but I think I want to know if people feel safe enough to tailgate. I, I'm, like, I'm very serious about that because we do the bronze tailgate shows. And so we're out at six and barley You're right, I'm with you. I barely tailgate. Like it's not really a thing I do. Um, but like I'm there at a tailgate cause I do the radio show from a tailgate and yeah. every now and then I'll go over to, to the, you know, the muni lot and check it out just cause I think a lot of, I like crowds of people. I like people watching. That's a fun thing for me. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm curious. I just, I really want to know what people are going to do with tailgating because it, it like, are, are we going to have like, like, six feet of spaces of people getting drunk and then, like, another six feet of spaces of just people getting drunk out in the open and then another six feet. Like, I, I bet Browns fans will. It wouldn't surprise me. Like, Browns fans will love it so much.
1: Yes. I, I would expect there to be uh, a lot of people uh, tailgating a lot of people in the Muni lot. I, I certainly expect there to be. Um, the one thing that I'm noticing more and more as we get more and more into this thing and um, is that I, a lot of people don't care at this point. They're kind of like at least the, the younger faction uh, doesn't appear to be afraid of Covid nineteen at this point.
2: Yeah, which is kind of scary. You know if you're it at, is like,
1: scary, yes.
2: If you look at Texas, Texas right now, they have, they have more hospitalizations in the Dallas area. Uh, people under 50 than over 50. Like, it's like the, that's the weird thing about this disease is that it's always changing. And I just think if you're young, I don't even look at it like you're immune to no. getting this. I don't think you should look at it like, uh, you know, I don't think you should look at it like it's a death sentence either. I'm not saying that. I think, like, we've clearly identified itself. If you're over 65, you're going to have a harder time with this than if you're under 25. Like, for instance, my 32-year-old sister, my future-to-be brother-in-law, who is my age, he's 30, uh 31. uh, They both got it. And it's like, okay. I, when they got it, I wasn't like, Oh, my God, this is the end of the world. This is the worst thing ever. I was like, Okay, well, you'll make it through. And it sucks. It's painful. And it does it hurts. My just told me, you know, it felt like elephants stepping on her chest. And it's like, it's, you know, it sucks. No question about that. But it also in the same breath wasn't a death sentence. But it's you know, it doesn't mean it's a, a walk in the park and it doesn't mean it's comfortable and it doesn't mean it's not something that should be treated like the everyday flu, like so many people also talk about as well. It's not that it's something that's completely different, even if the mortality rate isn't as high as I think what a lot of people have suggested it would be in the beginning.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's the one thing, right? You know, and you're right. And that's, that's interesting that you know, I, I don't know anybody that's gotten it. I really don't. Um, so, uh, that's fortunate, but you no, know, so like for your example and your experience with it, you know, uh, it was, it was more difficult than the flu and it was painful and all that. And, and, uh, that's interesting to me because, you know, now we're hearing, you know, so many people are asymptomatic and, um, the hospitalizations are like one in 10, which is way down and deaths are way down. So. You know how serious are NFL players really getting? Are they really scared of COVID-19? You know, that's an
2: interesting. But that's an interesting thing, Gun too. Like, if you're an NFL player, how are you? How are you approaching it? Right. So you see the videos of Tom Brady. Like the NFL is like, hey, don't meet in groups and don't play football together. And Tom Brady is like, hey, I, I need to get on page with these guys. I'm gonna go ahead and meet at a park. Whereas. I don't know if you heard Kevin Stefanski earlier today, but Stefanski's like, I told Baker not to do it. I told Baker, you know, your Austin trips where everybody sings Kumbaya, hangs out on your Boat Lake, and then uh, catches a couple passes, those are done. And it's just interesting to approach because I don't know what type of advantage it is that Tom Brady gets to throw to his receivers over Baker Mayfield right now. I would think it's got to be a little bit of an advantage, though. Tom Brady's going through, like, he clearly sees a reasoning for doing it, and I'm sure he probably believes that it helps, but it, it'll be interesting to see what teams take what approach.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I was actually going to bring that up to you as, as the NFL advises against group workouts, and then there's Brady, and then not only that, let's post it on social media on top of that. So, uh, where you know, that's totally not, not necessary. But then you see the guy, you know, with the poster child for the NFL who always seems to care about what everybody thinks about him, and Russell Wilson
2: doing the same thing. Huh. <laughs> That's funny. He's like, yeah, I mean, he's a choir boy, Russell Wilson, right? You know, and, he and is. He's
1: out there yeah. throwing, and he's posting it on social media too. So, what do you
2: say? I mean, I mean, oh, what he knows. You, he, yeah. he knows where his his bread is buttered. You know? He, yes. he know, And and think about it that way too. Like, like, all right. So you do podcast, I do radio, right? So like, if yeah. we had, if we had, for whatever reason, some sort of scenario where uh, you know, we couldn't do any shows, we couldn't do anything like that. Um, it's almost like a speakeasy, like back in the day. It's like, who wants to go ahead and try to, you know, try to go ahead and get away from this, but if whatever reason we couldn't do either or, um, and the whole world was shut off of it, but like, we're both in that stage where we're like, I'm for myself. I'm trying to get my voice out there as much as possible. You trying to do the same thing, like reps matter and, and doing this stuff, it just, it matters. So like, if we went through. And found a roundabout way, like a, a pirate radio type situation, <laughs> to go ahead and broadcast and do our stuff. Even though our companies were like, no, you're not doing this, don't do this. I would probably still do it. Like if you're not no, giving fine. me that, if you're not giving me that avenue to go ahead and do it, I'm going to find a way to do it because you only get so many years to go ahead and try to refine what you do in order to try to capitalize on what you do. So like yeah, I would yeah, I, w- I would be like that guy in a boat doing pirate radio to try to make sure that I was able to get the rest. In reality it would turn into me just doing a bunch of phone calls that turn into radio shows. But you get the idea. Like you, know, you can't tell Tom Brady, who for his entire life knows what it takes to get up to a regular season. Oh by the way, to finish my analogy and play it all out, it's also like oh don't do radio. But then uh, there's a target date, and we then want you to go full steam ahead as if you've been doing radio over the previous three months, and you better be as good as we last remember you. And everyone yeah. is listening. Like, yeah. It's like, but wait, wait a second. Like, I'm, I'm nervous about that now. Like, I need to, it doesn't just happen. I have to figure things out. And if I'm, if I'm Tom Brady, like, he knows what it takes to get to a season. He knows if he's sitting on his couch eating avocado toast, it's not going to, he's not going to get there. So he's doing what he's got to do. Like, I, I hate that it's, I hate that it's even controversial. I understand why it is, but uh, I wish, I wish he was able to do it in a way that didn't make it seem like he was kind of slapping the whole coronavirus in the face, trying to be bigger than it. I wish it was more like, Hey, we're doing routes. But if you noticed every receiver is also seven feet to the right of me and not even close. And he hasn't come close the entire time. I wish he went about it that way, as opposed to some of the videos I've seen where, you know, he does the little fake huddles and then everyone breaks and then they run off. Yeah. And him and Gronk are face to face and sweating on each other and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. No,
1: I I agree with you. And, and, you putting yourself, you put that scenario out there, and, and well said. You know, pirate radio, whatever it is, I would do the same thing. I, you know, it, it's it's what you do. It's what you know. You feel like you have to do, and I I don't blame those guys for that. The only thing I blame them for
2: is posting it on social media. It is, you know, uh, yeah, you, you like do it quietly. Yeah, wouldn't you think you'd want to just just not broadcast that to the entire world? Then? Like, exactly. You know, keep that like, you know, you're you're kind of kind of risking it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But put the put the Instagram down. You know. Go exactly. ahead. And, not everything has to be on Facebook and Twitter and everything. Exactly. Uh, last last point on
1: this topic because uh, I think we've uh, nailed it down pretty good here from our point of view. But an interesting angle, which I don't know if you've discussed this or not, but one that um, I heard Chris Sims talk about, who is a former player and everything like that, and. And I like listening to Chris sometimes, and sometimes I I disagree vehemently with what he says. But he he did say that, you know, as a former player, you know, NFL players who are probably in the best shape of, you know, anybody, right, to handle this. On a case-by-case basis, certainly there is the exception, right? But if you're 25 years old and you know you only have so long to play this game, and you don't want your season to be interrupted, what's stopping guys from going and getting infected now?
2: Oh, I heard, yeah, I I heard, I didn't hear this from Chris. I heard this from like Forio, and I know they are Batman and Robin. Right. Uh, but I heard Forio saying this on a radio station. Like, go out, get yourself infected, and then that way you can be available for people. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That is so monumentally stupid. I can't believe that went unchecked. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing imaginable. And I understand the points he can make. I get it. Like, listen, you're, you you might not have a chance to latch on. If you if you can prove that you are asymptomatic, you got the antibodies, you've already gone through it, yep. then uh, you become immensely valuable because any team can just kind of throw you out there, and great. But that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I, I like Chris. I like Forio. Uh, they have been quarantined for too long. Their brain is starting to melt or something, because that is just, I'd say, it's a horrendously bad deck. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean... <laughs> I, I know be... what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're like, wait, I can take those logical leaps to get there, where I can see how it would make sense. And you're but right. I can take those logical leaps. would you to
1: do that? Would you not be tempted to do that
2: if you put yourself in an NFL... Oh, of course I would. Of course I would. Again, I can, ma- I can make the logical leaps to get there as to seeing why somebody would think the risk versus reward and the reward is greater than the risk. I just think you broadcasting that, like like Chris Sims and Florio with the platform broadcasting that. Coming out is, on NBC Sports is, and saying yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. It's kind of the platform irresponsible. They have, yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. The irresponsible and it's more dangerous than it is uh, helpful. Like, because you know there's probably some – you know, taxi squad, 90-man 90, 90 roster type player that is thinking to himself, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, you yeah, know what? That's, no, not, that's not bad. Yeah. When, in, when in reality what could happen is he gets himself infected and then all of a sudden is sick for two and a half weeks, and then, oh, by the way, uh, cases aren't as strong as maybe we would have predicted or whatever, and it's just nobody cares. And you're just, yeah. why'd you do it? You got yourself sick for absolutely zero reason, not even taking the worst case possible because you're right the odds of him actually dying is, you know, extraordinarily tiny for a healthy individual at 25. Like, it just, it is. We know that. But even if it's the tiniest of fractions, doing that to yourself has got to be one of the, it's suggesting to do that to yourself has got to be one of the dumbest things I could ever hear. I, I
1: will give you that, that I was, I was shocked that they said it on air. And, uh, you know, certainly on that platform, because I was like, whoa, you know, because that is, that is, irresponsible to suggest but if i'm a player i must admit that i would be thinking maybe this is an edge i can get you know if you're always looking for that edge and you know you only have a window of playing time it's certainly something and 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 you can afford private trainers and you can afford to have a, a doctor there or whatever the reason you know what i mean um, you know, it, it certainly yeah, is but a, an but
2: so like, it, thing. so like So like so we used to have this conversation when it came to steroids in baseball, right? And I used right. to tell people like if there Very was a magic thing. pill I could take, well, if there was a magic pill I could take to make me be Bob Costas. I would probably take that pill, no questions asked, right? And if the side effects <laughs> were I was going to have a problem in areas down below, then I deal with the problem areas down below. But like this is different than that in my mind. This is this is a next level type game. This isn't Russian roulette. But it is purposely infecting yourself to get sick to try to benefit your career is possibly one of the dumbest things you could do. Like, I just, I again, I get the logical leaps. I'm here for the people that are, like, so diehard about the game, love the game, and they want to go ahead and and they understand this might be their only chance to get a paycheck. I get all that. So find another way to do it. I agree. I agree. I, I 100% agree with you. And ultimately, one more part, Brad, because I know I'm, now I'm into this. One more part. If you have such little confidence in your ability that you believe the only way you can get to the NFL is by purposely getting yourself sick and potentially hospitalizing yourself, and, and over a two-week span, again, my sister said it's like elephants pounding on her chest, if that's the only way you believe that you can get to the NFL – you don't belong in the league anyway. And you going to last longer than maybe one season to begin with. And that's the only way that you believe that you can get there is by getting some sort of advantage, making yourself sick so you can be available to, to latch onto a 53 man roster. And you know what? Maybe you should be selling insurance already. <laughs> uh,
1: it, it's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, very good point. Uh well said and uh much more responsible takes than I where I was going with it but good job good job Jonathan you're listening to the one and only Jonathan Pearland of 92.3 the fan you're listening to also all eyes on Cleveland uh let's shift topics here from uh covid-19 um and talk a little bit more about uh some Browns things here um they haven't decided who's going to call plays yet uh apparently they had a conversation earlier in the spring that uh Van Pelt was going to call plays during the preseason and somehow that was going to determine who calls plays during the season. Um, does this concern you at all? Part A uh, to my question. And then part B, if you had a choice, uh, who would you choose?
2: You yeah, it doesn't concern me. Oh, I would choose Stefanski though. You know, you didn't anything. hire Stefanski. Say it again. I said me too, yeah. Yeah, like, like you you didn't hire Stefanski to be a rah-rah guy. You hired him to call plays. Let him call plays. It's as simple as that. I And I have so much respect for Alex Stavansky. Like, if I were him, I'd be going around and just bragging to everybody the work that I did with Aaron Rodgers for the rest of my life. Like, he's good, and he'll make Baker Mayfield a lot better. And uh, But I have a couple different angles on this. One, you didn't hire Stavansky to be the rah-rah guy. But number two what happens if you let Alex Van Pelt call plays and then all of a sudden he's the next Eric Enemy, where he's just the offensive coordinator in waiting? Like, all of a sudden everything is clean, everything is going great, everything is – I mean, you have things working with Baker and everyone is crediting Alex Van Pelt and then all of a sudden he becomes a head coach a year from now, two years from now, and you have to reset everything once again. I don't love that proposition. I know those are the good problems, as they say in The Wire, but Mm – I I don't love the idea of that. And, like, again, Andy Reid can teach anybody how to become a good offensive coordinator. He's got the track history that suggests that he's able to take these assistants and teach them and start with them at at younger ages and get them to the place they need to be, where he's kind of got, like, this rotational offensive coordinator thing going on. But Kevin Stefanski doesn't already have that in place. He's too new of a head coach. He doesn't have that already there. And he himself hasn't proven – that he can go ahead and do that. So I, I would put it on Stefanski to begin with. I'd keep it on Stefanski.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I just agree. I know Van Pel has some experience with this style of offense a little bit, but it's, it's you know, it's the Gary Kubiak version of this offense, right, which Stefanski is very familiar with. And it just seems to make sense to have him call plays initially, you know, in my opinion. So um, I agree. Uh you're not concerned though, that they haven't already
2: decided that? No, I just think they want to be around each other first before they go ahead and, and make that decision. I don't know why Stefanski wants to do that. I don't get like be around him or whatever. I have no idea. And this is just a complete conjecture on my part. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, I would imagine it's got something to do with that. But if I if I was Stefanski, I, I would just go ahead and just name himself and be like, all i right, right, I'm, I'm going to be the guy. And Alex will go ahead and be my right-hand man.
1: Yeah, I, I would, I agree. And it's like, you know, if you're going to get two years in the NFL, I, I would want to have, I get what he's trying to do. You know, he wants to be a CEO, a CEO coach if possible, right? And have his hands in everything. Um, and he, well, it's
2: he's good. It's imp- good. He's trying to, he's trying to empower yeah. people too. You know, yeah. that's
1: good. I agree. Um, okay, good. No concern there. I wasn't really concerned either. Uh, just, uh, I, I agree with you also that I would pick pay- – you know, Safansky eventually to do the job, especially with the limited time that they're gonna have potentially. Um before the season starts. So so it's a hot topic here. Everybody talking about it, it's kind of faded into the background now, uh, with, you know, since last week or whenever the report came out that the Browns offered Clowney a second offer. Uh I believe and I wanna say pretty confidently that the first offer they sent his way was a multi-year offer, um, somewhere around like 10 a year, maybe, um, maybe a little bit less than that uh, for a couple of years. And he rejected that offer. And then it, now the one year, $15 million offer, which is that, you know, that perfect number to swap out uh, for Vernon, if they did choose to do that. Now, uh, I am an advocate for keeping Vernon on the roster. Uh, I want to hear what your thoughts are on uh, Clowney. Um, is this just waiting to get a physical on him? Is he just waiting? Because the market, he's not going to get a better offer, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that he will or won't. I mean, if it's $15 million a year, I, he might get better than that. Uh, I know there are reports that you know, 17 is somewhere in the area that they would expect. 20 billion is something that he wanted. I don't think he's going to get bad. I just, I don't know. I, You know, it's funny. I, I saw a family over the last weekend, and they were like, oh, are you tired of talking about your Dadevan Clowney? And I'm like, kind of. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's one of those, if it happens, it happens. Great. They'll be a better team because of it. They had the cap space that they wanted to do it. But if it doesn't happen, I'm not losing sleep over it either. I think Olivia Vernon, it's healthy for the entire year. It's going to be a great Robin to Miles Garrett's Batman.
1: Okay, good. yeah, I do too. you know injuries suffered last year, but very talented in my opinion and uh, I think it helps to have a guy return to this locker room who went through last year too. Mm-hmm. I think I think cutting those guys out um, is doing a disservice to the locker room you know to go through that six and ten and the disappointment after all the hype. Having somebody that went through that, I think helps. Uh, and he seems kind of a leader, in my opinion. Now, Clowney, one year, $15 million, um, Jonathan, that's $5 million a sack. I mean, it's not like this guy's <laughs> blowing up the, the charts of yeah. sacks here. I mean, he, we're talking three sacks last year. Yeah. hmm Thoughts on that?
2: <laughs> no, I mean, uh, no. Do you he's think not, he's uh, worth yeah. it? Uh, no, he's not. I, I mean, it, it is, you know, Hey, I'm glad that Clowney wants to get paid. I'm more worried about what happens long-term with the Browns. I'm more wor- worried about contracts down the road. If you can get it for one year, if you got $37 million in cap space, you can go ahead and afford to do it. But it's not, I'm not losing sleep over Clowney or not. Okay. Very good. Uh,
1: that's, uh, that's a good way to look at it, I think. Uh, Joe Woods, uh, has said that he will not supplement the linebacker room, um, basically at this point. Uh, doesn't care about supplementing the room. Wants to go ahead with what they have. Which is typically four guys. Mac Wilson, Sioni Takitaki, uh, BJ Goodson, and rookie Jacob Phillips. Is that scary to you?
2: Uh, I love Mac Wilson. I think he's gonna have a better year this next year than he did last year. I'm not, I, it's, the defense in general scares me. So I'm a little scared as okay. to what we're going to see. But, uh, yeah I, like he, yeah, he hasn't around any of these guys. You know, like I, I can't overstate the importance of them being on the field and, and Joe getting a chance to see these guys up close. Like, and you take a third rounder like that, you're, you should expect them to be good, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, you shouldn't just go ahead and, and assume that anybody has a starting role on that defense when, at least with the linebackers, when you don't have people with a ton of experience built up and you don't have people with a, a ton of uh, a track, a track record or a history of showing that they're they should be a capable NFL starter in in those positions. So yeah, get them around the ball, get them in person and and see what they can do and make their decision from there. I thought it was the right words.
1: Okay. Uh yeah, I mean, I think Mac Wilson can be really good. I do. I'm a big fan of his like like mm-hmm. you said. Uh tacky tacky, not sure. Um, you know, obviously uh love his motor and everything, but you know, I think he uh, didn't show quite what they were looking for last year. VJ Goodson is a journeyman, and uh I, I don't, you know, can't cover anybody. And Jacob Phillips can't cover anybody, but he certainly can tackle, and that's something sure. that needs yeah. to improve. So, uh, I think that if they do if he uses them the right way, he certainly sounded like in his press conference that they're going to be playing with more often than not three safeties on the field than than three linebackers on the field. So. Um, which I like that approach, anyways, in, this, in today's NFL. So, um, Joe Woods, uh, it'd be interesting to see what he comes up with schematically. You know, he's been a part of so many different defenses. It, it's going to be interesting to see if he can pull from all of them and make it work. Uh, you like him as a hire, and you, and you like what he's had to say so far.
2: I do, yeah. I, I mean, again, it's it's so tough, and and the Browns have done such a good job of letting us hear from all these people, right? But it's just it's so tough because we we don't see him yet, and we won't see him for a little bit. But yes, he he's doing the right things, and he's definitely saying the right things. No question about it. Okay,
1: very good. Uh, I'm going to shift back to Chris Sims here, okay? Because this is uh, okay. you know uh, the uh, top his top forty NFL uh, quarterbacks he does every year. Uh, have you looked at this at all?
2: I've been keeping track. I keep track of when it pops up uh, because I, I saw Lamar was five, and I was like, who could he possibly have ahead of him? And then he had Deshaun ahead of him, and I was like, oh, that's a little suspect, even though I love Deshaun Watson. But, I, and you know, I, of course you check and see where Baker is. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, I, I love ProFootballTalk.com. As much as I rip on Forio and Sims from time to time, I will. I do love this site. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: one interesting point, you had Cam Newton at 10, uh, on not on any team. Thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, Cam not having a job right now is crazy to me, if I want to put it simplistically. He should be. He's an NFL quarterback. He's had injuries. I understand that. He should be an NFL quarterback. Why he's not an NFL quarterback is beyond me at this point.
1: I thought that was really interesting that he put him there as a free agent, and we don't really even know if he's healthy, especially – the way he frames his top 40. You're listening to Jonathan Pearlin in 92.3, the fan. Uh, next year, you're seeing Dalvin Cook hold out right now, Jonathan. Um, and uh, Nick Chubb is going to be up for that same type of situation where the Browns are going to need to make a decision on if they want to extend him, basically. Uh, we know the caution all the cautionary tales of uh, running backs getting a second deal. Is Nick Chubb special enough to pay for a second
2: deal, in your opinion? I think he's special enough in that he checks off all the boxes. I think he's going to get franchise tagged. I don't think the Browns are going to give him a big deal, but it's too, we're too far away. We are way too far away. I just don't believe in paying running back second contracts. But if you wanted – he'd be the one exception that he wanted to give him like a Zeke Elliott-type deal. I would listen and I wouldn't crucify the Browns if they did.
1: Yeah, like, like they did it with McCaffrey and I said, well, McCaffrey's special. Can you tell me something
2: about Chad? Yeah, no, McCaffrey's different because he can do so much with receiving. He's a, he's a receiver as well as a running back. Like he's, he is, a, he's a unicorn. He's just, an, he's an entirely different category to me. Uh, but we're talking just straight running backs. You have to look at what the Titans did with Derrick Henry and I feel like that's going to be more the model.
1: Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Try to get as many years out of him as you can without having to lock yourself down, right?
2: Thank you so much for your time, Jonathan.
1: You've been outstanding as usual. I love our conversation. I'm calling on you again here once we uh, hopefully hopefully get this season going, okay?
2: Cool. Yeah, sorry I was so long winded about the uh the corona stuff. It just yeah, you know, it's it's all I've been talking about for two months. So I got a lot of thoughts on it. But thank you, Brad, as always. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you later.
1: Was Yes, sir. Myself, Brad Ward, with the one and only Jonathan Peterlin of 92.3 The Fan. Did an excellent job answering all the questions that I had for him. Posed some tough ones this afternoon. You know, we really got into the COVID-19 stuff. It's hard to avoid with everything that's going on in the world um, and football among other sports, basketball, baseball, MLS, hockey, hanging in the balance But he answered the questions well And he had some good opinions about some of the topics that we breached That are a little bit outside the box and don't get talked about on everyday radio And I appreciate him sticking with those and answering them very candidly As he always does Jonathan Peterlin, the fabulous talent over at 92.3, the fan. Mikey on the ones and twos behind the glass. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. I am Brad Ward. You can catch all of our shows where all popular podcasts are found. Uh, iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, tune in at radiocom and Google play it will be published tomorrow morning at USA Today sports media groups the Browns um, and we have a web page as well that you can visit all eyes uh, so some things to get to here to news of the day and then we've got mailbag questions tonight on all eyes on Cleveland so uh, appreciate everybody that kicked in there Uh, Stefanski had a conference call today um, with uh, the Cleveland uh, media. Um, He handled the questions well as usual, Um, and uh, he actually sounds great. He sounds uh, um, fantastic. He sounds like he's ready to go, ready to get fired up and and get the guys out there uh, and uh, get some actual physical team work Uh, done and some camaraderie formed and all that good stuff, uh, which will be coming at the end of July. Um, He also reported a question uh, posed by Mary Kay Cabot of the Plain Dealer about Odell Beckham Jr. Said he is free and clear. Uh, And for him, that is huge uh, to get him out on the field uh, when they do reconvene in Berea. Um, and uh, not miss any reps with the one Baker Mayfield, where the timing was off a bit last year, to be able to spend some time together, uh, get those reps in together It will be huge. Obviously, they'll have a plan to bring him back in in a careful way, uh, but obviously he also will be able to participate in some of that stuff that would help with uh, uh, his and Bakes' uh, chemistry. And then, you know, you've got Landry who... Is recovery time is a little bit longer than uh, OBJ's, uh, but expect him to be ready to go uh, at some point in the uh, close to 100%, if not 100%, some point in the preseason uh, or the uh, you know season camp, uh, training camp um, here as we lead up towards the beginning of the season or the scheduled beginning of the season uh, to be determined. Uh, also today, uh, Roger Goodell, an even more important Zoom uh, message or, uh, pardon me, Zoom meeting, uh, spoke with uh, uh, different teams and, and whatnot. And uh, the quote that came out of this that uh, certainly um, I think was uh, a positive one, uh, from Roger Goodell, uh, good on him as he came out and said, the plan is to start training camp on time and uh, get ready for games uh, at our stadiums and to engage our fans in both stadiums and through media uh partners so if you look at that that sentence and that phrase there that's pretty interesting stuff he even mentions fans in stadiums i don't know how doable that will be at the beginning of the season but certainly something to look at down the line uh something that ohio i think has the right to make a decision on um and we'll see how uh that all turns out but certainly uh well said as far as um you know wanting to be able to play Uh, and uh, getting camp off on time. Uh, I think that stuff is important to hear from your top man over at the NFL. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. I am Brad Ward. We had the interview with uh, Jonathan Peterlin of 92.3 earlier. Um, So uh, a couple other uh, things here. Um, I did mention during the interview uh, an article I did this week on what the schedule would look like uh, if you um, t- you know took those first four games and put them at the end because uh, that's what it sounds like would happen if they were forced to be pushed back a month, which I wouldn't hate. I would hate it because I want football as soon as possible and, uh, you know, starving for it. Uh, a huge, you know, in my mind, a hugely important, exciting year uh, for your Cleveland Browns. Um, so this, that it's happening this year and that, that it hangs in the balance and there seems to be some uncertainty about whether games will play is unfortunate. Uh, no question, but oh, man. yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. But the, the, uh, Roger Goodell coming out and saying that they plan to start training camp on time. Boom. Love that. Uh, ready for games. At our stadiums, boom, love that, and to engage our fans both in stadiums and through media partners, boom. Oh, I love that statement from him. Top man, Roger Goodell, uh, screws some stuff up sometimes, but certainly cares about uh, the sport. And uh, I just don't see how uh, a sixteen part or sixteen or fifteen billion dollar uh, organization or a business uh, can um just not have their season they're gonna have to recoup some of those funds uh and you know COVID-19 may be a part of the season you know you may just have to treat it like an injury um but we'll get you know that once again not a scientist it's hard to talk about this stuff when you don't know what's going to change with it uh tomorrow or next week uh, as it seems like there's different things about this, uh, you know, um, pandemic that we we don't know even yet um, that could make things better or worse. So there's a lot up in the air there. Uh, once again, all eyes on Cleveland. Go to uh, uh, the um, Twitter handle. Mine is at Ward on Sports and the shows is at all eyes on clee c-l-e uh on twitter and you can find the link to t public and go check out any of our apparel i urge you to do that uh, quick around the nfl pardon me around the nfl's afc north uh, just a couple of rumors floating out there first of all we we breached the clowny topic again <laughs> unfortunately uh as that seems like a uh everyday uh topic at this point um but he is uh, still out there uh you know no response on the browns uh one year 15 million dollar offer sounds like he wants to go back to the seahawks the question is will they pay him um, that kind of money i don't think they can um and uh that may leave him at some point to turn Uh, to the Browns so he is certainly an option Uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, you know coming off of an injury uh, he went into um, a uh, Christian retreat or something like that and kind of spilled his guts and admitted to some things uh, that he uh, is an uh, addict or a uh, um, has a, a alcohol problem and uh, or did and has since fixed it but and then also that he was addicted to pornography um i think he might have thought that was a uh you know confidential <laughs> conversation thought he was in the uh trust tree there and that uh, didn't work out uh as oh, that man. was uh Schefter laying out a report right afterwards on the whole thing so uh the trust tree wasn't so trustworthy uh, this this time uh, for old Ben. Now Ben, you know, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. You know, alleged uh, sexual assault uh, multiple times, and then you know, now this. So, uh, not not a great person. Uh, speaking of not great people, Antonio Brown uh, is been rumored to uh b well he hasn't been rumored to do anything but basically the Seahawks Seattle Seahawks and unfortunately the Baltimore Ravens uh have been having internal talks about uh AB Antonio Brown so obviously the guy would still be able to play um the game the question is uh can he you know uh stay out of trouble uh, can he get reinstated? all of those things but please don't go to Baltimore please 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 do not go to Baltimore uh, go to Seattle that's fine you know uh, so that that is that uh, rumor though and would not be good news for the Browns if he ends up in Baltimore um, that would kind of change uh, their offense uh, considerably. For the better, Um, and then uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention with the Bengals is that you know AJ Green uh, is back and not sure how healthy he is at this point. He's thirty-one years old, um, and they they have him coming back, Uh, but the question is, what are they going to do with him long term? They have a nice wide receiver core there. Uh are they looking to shop him? Um potentially. They could be looking to move on from him. Uh, I've heard that a couple times. Is that the potential uh you know uh reason that he uh you know may not be there anymore. Their wide receiver core is strong. They have Joe Mixon. Uh obviously Joe Burrow now and uh is AJ Green over the hill has he lost a step he certainly lost a step but he's still a tremendous receiver it's just he has not been able to string together games in Cincinnati there for the last two seasons um and it may be time for them to move on so things to keep an eye on there uh the last thing I would say about the AFC North is that with Roethlisberger coming back, kind of an unknown factor with his elbow and Cam Newton out there on the market, If I don't know what Cam's going to do. We mentioned it earlier that he is uh, ranked 10th on Chris Sims' top 10 quarterbacks as a free agent quarterback. Um, certainly, the Panthers did him no favors in the way that they released him. But, you know, everybody has that position filled for the most part. Now, some teams, I think, just have, um, you know, placeholders in there, which is different than teams like the Browns with Baker Mayfield, where you think that he is your franchise quarterback. And bringing in someone like Cam Newton would just disrupt that, right? It would just take away from um, his legitimacy in the locker room his ability to command the locker room that's the problem you bring in cam as a backup he's a threat everybody's looking around at each other like man this guy's better than our our number one what are we doing here right if he looks healthy and good so um i think that the only way he gets really he may not get on a team until the season starts and wait for an injury, uh, which always happens to somebody. Um, and if they're in contention, they're going to need somebody to step up, and that could be Cam Newton. You know, we don't know uh, Roethlisberger's whole story. Say he comes up with a uh, uh, the elbow issues. Could we see Cam Newton uh, in Pittsburgh um, a lot of people say that makes sense as a destination, especially with Roethlisberger's age. Uh, you know, that's a totally different uh, matchup than uh, Big Ben or Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges, you know, uh, when if you throw Cam Newton out there. So uh, something to keep an eye on there with that as well. Um, let's get over to the mailbag, and we appreciate uh, all three of you who got selected for the mailbag this week on All Eyes on Cleveland, the podcast. Let's start with uh, the DFS report, so the Daily Fantasy Sports report. I'm assuming that's what you're referencing there when you say DFS, uh, but... Um, Two, two questions from DFS Report, and that's perfectly fine here in the All Eyes on Cleveland mailbag. Do you think Sione Tagitaki will be ready uh, to start? Um, that's a good question. I think they'll have him fill a role. I think he can play the run well. Uh, we talked about a little bit with um, Jonathan Peterlin earlier. Like his motor, obviously. Um, I think, you know, he can tackle, uh, but is going to really struggle in coverage. Um, and uh, you know what kind of league it is right now. So I-, I think that after last season, he left a little bit to be desired in my eyes. Didn't get a ton of reps, but certainly uh, something uh, to think about. I- I'm not, wasn't jumping for joy about him stepping into a starters role. Now, you uh, same thing goes for uh, the uh, free agent that the Browns signed that will uh, get playing time is BJ uh, Goodson um, and uh, from Green Bay. and you know, on a one- year deal, he's only 27 years old. but um, he struggles in coverage as well as we heard Jeff Risden say that when he came on. Um, now, Mac Wilson, Talked about him last week. Think he's going to be a stud. They're going to move him to the mic. Uh, I think he'll do a good job there. If you look at the fourth uh, and final guy that you'll be looking at is the Jacob Phillips, the rookie. And, and I think he is a tremendous tackler. His speed is fantastic. Um, he'll uh, be able to disrupt, certainly. Um, and, uh, and I think that that's a, a, a key thing uh there for him so when you look at the linebacker room um you know and it's hockey hockey start i guess he may have to out of necessity do i feel good about it no i i, I honestly don't uh, i would rather see phillips actually get the start there i think he's more athletic sideline to sideline setting the edge things like that um so that would be my opinion at this point, but we'll see how that shakes out in training camp. Actually, we may not see it, but we'll at least hear about it um, as uh, I don't know what protocols are going to be for at camp when it comes to fans. I would assume there would be no one there uh, for that. So uh, let's uh, proceed here. The uh, got two questions left here. Um, in the mailbag but first the uh NFL has canceled the Hall of Fame game. <clears throat> a lot of people upset in northeast Ohio. Understandable they're gonna they won't get rid of the game. It's tradition. Uh and they'll have the uh I guess a double enshrinement speeches next year. Um it's unfortunate, but it makes sense uh at this point to try to um to try to get that canceled and make sure that uh, they get the season off, as we may see two other preseason games canceled as well. I've heard a couple of people mention no preseason games. I think you at least got to have one, right? You got to be able to make those uh, back end of your roster decisions. Um, and one of the main ways that the, those guys exhibit their skills is during those preseason games certainly as well as uh getting guys like obj landry uh you know hooper who uh you know hasn't played in a game with baker mayfield as his quarterback just getting a few reps in there uh in that even if it's just one game is huge i think um certainly more for the browns than some other teams Let's go back to the mailbag here. We've got NEO Against the World. It says, good show, man. I will lose it. If the Browns don't play uh, this year, I agree. I will lose it as well. Uh, his question, though, is who wins wide receiver three? So who wins the wide receiver three position? We heard Kareem Hunt uh, was spending time in the wide receiver um, meeting rooms. Zoom virtual meeting rooms. Um, we heard, uh, you know, the Browns' uh, coaching staff mentioned that he could potentially get some wide receiver three reps. I can I can see him, you know, motioning out of the backfield at times to try to get mismatches on linebackers as they adjust, uh, and certainly in in space in short space he should be able to win all day there. So, um I think that he'll play certainly a part in that. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice here tonight. Uh as the more we go here, but um I think Higgins, Donovan Peoples Jones, uh you know, Troy Brown, UDFA, uh guys that will be competing for that that spot. Um I, I think Higgins will win the majority of the reps. I really do. I think that he is A good enough player and has the rapport with Baker, not to overblow that because that's such a cliche about him, but he really, I think, um, was his growth was stunted by ending up in Freddie's doghouse last year, uh, as he would have had another really solid year, in my opinion, uh, as he has looked nothing but excellent when he does end up on the field during live games, real games that count. He's been spectacular. So uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, certainly intriguing. What they can do with Hunt um, and that wide receiver three roll maybe a little bit, uh, motioning him out of the backfield uh, out there to get mismatches, lining him up out there to get mismatches is uh, uh, certainly a good idea. And I think the main The main thing, though, is, hey, we've got all this talent. Kareem Hunt's one of those guys. Who's to say we can't put Chubb and Hunt on the field at the same time, not at running back and fullback, uh, but at running back and wide receiver and maximize uh, the talent um, that we have? Uh, And I think that's certainly where that thought process probably came from when you're talking about him. Uh, being in the wide receiver meeting room, looking at routes and whatnot, so uh I would say Higgins wins the wide receiver three competition uh but don't rule out Hunt getting some reps there and, and you may see uh people's Jones you know in a rotation of some sort uh when there is more receivers um needed for whatever the play call is, I I think that he gets on the field certainly and does contribute a little bit, uh, which I'm excited to see. Uh, but Higgins, I think will be your, your number, your number, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, your, your number one, number three wide receiver or your best wide receiver three option. Now, (coughs) excuse me again. That's brutal. Mikey, what's going on? I need a lozenge over here. Uh, you know, who who is it, Greg Williams, that yelled at, somebody give me a fucking lozenge or, or something on the sidelines? Greg Williams, what a piece of work that guy is, dealing with Jamal Adams over there. That's not fun. Glad we don't have anybody doing that kind of stuff this offseason, uh, as that would be hard. Uh, pill to swallow, uh, watching your best player demand to go play with the Cowboys or whoever um is on his little list there uh so that's all good stuff uh last question uh that we have here tonight uh is from the land sports um in the mailbag so keep the mailbag going here for a couple weeks thank you for contributing but the land uh sports says how optimistic are you that the nfl actually plays uh i've you know i've talked about this I'm very optimistic uh, that the NFL plays. Uh, I could could see a delay into October. I think is very possible, um, just to make sure that they have time to observe all the other leagues. You know, this thing and changes every day. We learn something new about it every day. Um, an extra month, four weeks time is, is huge in this. And it's huge in this. Uh, so that would uh, make sense to me, and it would help the Browns at the same time, I believe. It's because they, they're they going to need as much time as they can on the field with each other. Uh, so as far as, like, my understanding of this, and I know it gets really complicated, so I'm not going to get into it all as me and – and uh, Jonathan, Peter Lynn of 92.3 kind of hashed this out already on the interview. But for me, it's all about testing. Like, if you can procure a uh, abundance of rapid response tests so that you're, you know, the main thing there is that the community has what it needs as well. You can't sacrifice the community's ability to test people just so the Browns can take a test every single day. So there needs to be like an influx and an abundance of testing readily available, and it needs to be the rapid response variety which they're they have and they're working on and will be uh, available. I believe my understanding is shortly. Um, To be able to determine negative, positive on the spot or in a matter of minutes, I think you can handle your business in your building, limiting how many people are in the weight room together uh, into small numbers, uh, limiting meeting rooms uh, and meetings to as small numbers as possible, Um, and then when they go on the field, having enough testing to test them and say, you're negative, you're negative, you're negative. So when you walk on the field, you know you're negative. If, if, If that is available, if that testing is available, call me crazy, but there should be no issue about microphones or whatever you need to do on the field you will know that every player that suits up on that Sunday or for that practice is not infected. So you should be able to play the game freely without any concern of the spread. That's what the rapid response testing would do, and I feel like that is the easiest way to make sure that this doesn't, you know, get crazy and and the NFL doesn't have to stop again. I think they have plenty of good ideas. I think that they feel good about it because it's an outside and a more spread out area, just like baseball. Um, I think that they feel good that uh, they have really smart people and doctors putting these protocols in place. I know a lot of coaches complaining, not understanding uh, the difference between, you know, the protocols that you have to follow in the building and, and being in a, you know, goal line pile up, uh, breathing all over each other on the field. Like, you know, what's the what's the point of point A if you're going to do point B? Well, the point is that you keep everybody safe and distanced and follow the guidelines in the building, make sure nobody goes on the field. With, an, uh, with a positive test and I think that you should be able to play football. Uh, I also think that the owners and, and especially hearing Goodell say it again today uh, they have too much money to lose it's a 15 uh, 15 billion not million billion dollar business. They are not just going to shut down. And that takes me all the way back, circle all the way back to where the first thing we talked about with J- uh, with Jonathan Peterlin, the Travelers Championship, the golf outing, five, six guys, test positive. Uh, some people are talking about shutting down the tournament. No, you can't. You can't do that at this point. We're past the point uh, of no return, right? So at this point, if if you test positive – you're getting pulled off the field or you're getting pulled out of the group of people uh, and um, and that's it. And then you're going to do your 14-day quarantine and you're going to need two positive tests before you can rejoin your team. And you're going to treat that like an injury. You could pull from the practice squad. Maybe you expand that practice squad so you don't have guys on the street so much needed for all these positions. Uh, If you did run into a situation where uh, multiple guys got it, you know, Jonathan used an example where like 20 guys got it at once. I I don't know how feasible that really is, but say it did happen. It's not like the NFL has had an issue getting guys to suit up. Uh, We've seen some depleted, depleted, uh secondaries and and offenses on the Browns guys names we've never heard of before pulled off the street uh you know for contracts minimum contracts to play uh I think that to make it even easier than that, you just expand the practice rosters, make sure there's more players available. I mean you could go through these protocols all night long, right. You could do this all night long and make sure that you have all your bases covered. But that's not my job, and I think the people that do have that job will do a good job at it. Therefore, I think that we see football. I think that we see games. And to answer your question, uh, finally, after all long-winded explanation about testing, which I think is really key with the rapid response and being able to procure a large amount of tests, Uh, so that it's not a concern for the community and that you can test these guys on a daily basis without having to ram that thing up people's noses and the discomfort and all that uh, and be able to get the response right away that you're making sure nobody goes on the field with a positive, uh, you know, COVID-19 test. By doing that, uh, you're creating a sort of a bubble. You're creating a bubble on the field. Anybody on the field we know is negative, go play ball. Go play ball. That's uh, how I see it. Uh, I hope it works out that way. I think that even in the small amount of time that we have—the month before training camp, the potential uh, month after that, or uh, you know, two months—that's uh, maybe about a month, a little over a month before the scheduled week one—is um, enough time that things will change again. That things will change again. And um, I I just don't see football folding in this scenario. I think they think they can figure it out, and I hope they do, Uh, certainly. Uh, But I am optimistic that they play, once again, to answer your question. In a very, very long-winded way. Uh, To wrap things up here on All Eyes on Cleveland, make sure you go to the website. Uh, go buy a T-shirt if you want. Appreciate your support. T Public. You can grab that link at Ward on Sports at All Eyes on Clee. Make sure you follow those handles on Twitter. Catch our show tonight, where all popular podcasts are found, and tomorrow morning on a Sucker Free Friday uh, over at USA Today Sports Media Groups. TheBrownsWire.com All eyes on Cleveland With special guest Jonathan Peterlin of 92.3 The Fan Uh, Once again, a a huge thanks to him For uh, coming on the show And uh, spending some time with us He is excellent, as always Uh, And make sure you listen to him on 92.3 As he's on there all the time Right now, filling in for people, doing 2020s, but mostly when he gets a chance to do a show, it's excellent. So make sure you listen. Big thanks to him. Great job by Mikey on the ones and twos behind the glass. Make sure everybody stays safe out there, okay? Another episode of All Eyes on Cleveland. We won't be gone long. We'll be back again next week with more shows, more of this Good, good quality content That you can't get any place else For Mikey, I am Brad Ward This has been All Eyes on Cleveland We are out
0: from me. Fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me. That's why I pick and choose. I don't get you confused. I got a small circle. I'm not with different crews. We walk the same path, but got on different shoes. Live in the same building, but we got different views. I got a couple cars I never get to use. Don't like my women single. I like my chicks and twos. And these days all the girls is down the road. I hit the strip club and all them bitches find a pro. Plus I've been sipping. So this shit is moving kinda slow Just tell my girl to tell a friend that it's time to go Now tell me how you love it You know you at the top and all the heavens right above it We own It's your money, motherfucker If you ain't running with it right from it, motherfucker mother Alright, now somebody show some money in this bitch And I got my bees with me like some honey in this bitch kid. I got my gun in my blue purse And I don't bust back because I shoot fresh train yes i'm in the building you just on the list of guest names and all of my riders do not give a f x games guns turn you boys into, into, into sex chains, and i smoke till i got chest pains and you just know i rep my gang like jesse james women are possessive and they want to possess Wayne. i've been fly so long i fell asleep on the p- p- plane skinny pants and some vans call me triple a get my advance in advance amen as the world spinning dance in my hands life is a beach i'm just playing in the sand uh wake up and smell a you can't see me but never overlook me i'm on the paper trail and ain't no telling where it took me yeah and i ain't a killer but don't push me no, no, tell me how you love it. You know you're at the top and only heavens right above it. We own. It's your money, motherfucker. If you ain't running with it, running from it, motherfucker. Alright. Now somebody shoots some money in this book. And I got my bees me like some money in this book. Kidding. I got my gun in my boot purse And I don't bust back because I shoot first. <laughs> Dude, you say what's never said Beautiful black woman I bet that <laughs> look better red Limping off tour Cause I made more Off my second leg Bird, bur- Birdman Jr., 11th grade Fall on automatic start I can hand it to Drake I do a quarterback draw Wildcat offense Check the paw prints We in the building It's in the park uh, Come on, be my blood Don't flow so nice You ain't gotta Put a rug on up. Do it big and let the small fall under that. Man, where you stumbled at? From where they make gumbo at? hang hey, we got the feet, feet jumping like a jumping jack. And well, you know me, I get on this. You have a heart attack. Hip-hop, I'm the heart of that. Nothing short of that. President Carter. Young money, Democrat. Uh, now tell me how you love it. You know you ain't a top. but on the elements right above it. We own nothing. It's your money, mother, fund the ain't. From the motherfucker, alright Now somebody show some money in this boot And I got my bees with me like some honey In this boot And I got my gun in my boot purse And I don't bust back